Tim, my brother, we are back talking podcasts, which is always fun to do with you. And today we are going to be digging into a show, The Miami Chronicles Booby Trap. And this is something that is produced and hosted by a one James Archer. And this is part of a network, a podcast network, which is Apostrophe Network. So, Tim, just to kick this off, I don't know that we can call this true crime. Um, It's almost a period piece that talks about childhood culture the way of the world in the late 70s through a tragic uh criminal event so this isn't your sort of blood guts and gore and harrowing nightmarish ghoul villain type scenario um to put a real quick uh story behind it this is a kid in his teenage years who had an older mentor who i think was in their 30s Uh, The guy was like a Boy Scout leader. He was a neighborhood community figure. Part of his job was doing social work, mentoring kids and all this stuff. But also, I think admittedly had a bit of a sketchy side to him. He was sort of the safe and cool house for the kids to go party at and smoke weed at this house all the time. And long story short, to kind of jump to the end, this young kid, Richie, who idolized this older guy, broke into this guy's house to try and pinch off and grab some of his weed from him and unwittingly set off a booby trap that this guy, this guy Chuck, had set up who was a Vietnam vet because people were breaking into his home. But unbeknownst to him, it was actually his dear young uh, kid from the neighborhood, Richie, who had been breaking into the home. And I, I hope I did justice at least kind of jump into the end point real quick. There's there's a lot to unravel here. But man, um, what are your thoughts just from a gut level? And then we'll start peeling the onion here. I'm glad that you kind of um, explained this podcast in those terms, in that genre, because um, I, I was starting to kind of like um, phase out in, in my mind in terms of like a, a true crime piece. But be only because the witness, the the main character, the the way that the story is told through, um, I just thought there he the the jumping around in his kind of testimony was hard to follow for me, um, and and for that reason uh, I found it hard to follow the story because there's a lot of names you know and it, it's hit from his viewpoint. And, uh, but I'm, but what it did do for me, it did take me back to my childhood because, um, you know, in the early to mid eighties, I, I think there was a lot of similarities between like, you know, what 12, 13, 14 year old kids were doing, riding their bikes, you know, leaving the house, not telling their parents where they were going. Um, and you know, maybe meeting older boys and getting into trouble. So from that standpoint, it, it did spark a lot of those memories for me, but from like a true crime uh, documentary standpoint, I, ju- I just found the testimony from the witness just kind of hard to follow. Yeah, and it sounds like, in fairness to the guy telling the story, I think he's almost like a retroactive documentarian of that time and place back then. He was a childhood friend of this kid, Richie, who fell victim to this just awful scenario of setting off a booby trap and it sounds like he might even have authored a book i think uh, about all of this so he talks about from other testimony and documents he searched where he sort of was researching and pulling together facts and notes along with his own recollection as well 
Um, and I, but boy, you hit on it for me, Tim. I love a good period piece. And when it's from my own generation, I think I have a few years on you. So I, you know, in 1979, I was five. My older brother was 10. I mean, we're right in the heart of, you know, becoming kids and he was close to being a teenager. So I think back at that time, just listening to Kiss, watching the Muppets on, on the evening before I would go into like just so many things I, I are just emblazoned upon my memory and mind of the late seventies and early eighties. And this so harkens back to that and it, and it documents it so well. And I'll also say this, this is a story where sometimes I find fault with a podcast where we know the crime, we know the people involved in it, and we know the outcome within the first episode. But I think where that falls um, short for other podcasts, in this specific scenario, it leaves me with more questions. What's up with this older mentor dude, Chuck? Is there more to this story? And they even hint at this, that they're going to get at other possible theories and explanations beyond this. What really was going on with the relationship? This guy sounded sketchy as all get out to me. You know, alarm bells were firing off for me. If anytime there's an older quote unquote mentor hanging out with kids like this, sounds like bad news. And I think potentially they're going to peel the onion on all that stuff as they move along in this series. There's no question. And there's also an interesting piece. What did you think of this um that the crime was actually recorded on a cassette tape um what what did you make of that yeah i I, that's bananas and clearly we're going to be getting into all that as well like what was your gut shot reaction so i I just couldn't buy the explanation i i the the witness and did you know his name and it escapes me yeah i I think it's uh michael i think is uh michael fragimani and i'm probably brutally butchering that last name but that's the guy who the host and producer james arthur has a conversation and a little bit of an interview style but it's almost like a conversation where michael the childhood friend of the victim recounts all of this for the host james Right, and he was trying to explain why the kid carried the um, cassette tape on him all the time and recorded it. And, and I guess you do kind of do goofy things as a kid. Um, you know, there was always kind of the goofy kid. Um, but I, I still kind of question uh, why the kid always carried the cassette recorder and, re- and recorded different things. Uh, that seemed kind of um you know speculative to to me yeah well but also tim um i what is this kid really up to it's painted initially and i think in in good way and sort of building up the potential suspense and sort of uh, i got you later on it builds him up as just a really innocent kid of the late 70s you know maybe partying with friends but not in a real you know derelict way but when they start detailing his manner and approach of breaking into this mentor's home about how first he went through a back door and and the guy knew that someone broke in and then potentially through a stolen set of keys and then he started stealing valuable coins so it wasn't just the drugs that were missing all of this sounds really involved and sort of criminal well beyond just kid mischief and i wonder if that's going to be an area they start focusing on in this series as well absolutely yeah i mean there's like like you said all right we we know the crime out the gate but the the difference with this this podcast that that's going to make it compelling is that we're going to peel the onion back and there's going to be more layers there uh for sure twists and turns 
Um, so I, I think that's the setup, which which I appreciate here. Yeah, and I love how sort of slow and steady they were in this first episode and um, setting the context of what the, the neighborhood was like. They even talk about the history, how it was settled in early 1920, I think, but then a real bad hurricane blew out the, the development and neighborhood. And then after World War II, they started to rebuild it. They talked about what the demographics in the neighborhood. Like, I found all that fascinating, which led to the 70s. So that kind of stuff, I'm just all in on. And it wasn't just a rush to talk about a crime. It was just, hey, let's be measured in our approach here in the production and un- unraveling of the story. Let's really let people feel what it was like to live in this community back then. I thought they did a great job on that. And hey, dude, I also, just for full transparency, because you and I always want to roll that way um, with, with our listeners here. James Archer, the, the reason we heard about this podcast, he shot us a quick email, which we always encourage podcasters to do. Please reach out to us. We want to hear about shows and what you guys are up to. Um, and that's never going to paint or color away you and I review a podcast. And, and I've always said this before, if it's something that we're just really, it didn't resonate at all, we probably just would never do a review and would move on because we're not looking to dump on people and be be mean. We'll be constructively critical. We have no problems with that. So I just wanted everyone to be aware. James had reached out to us and I was excited about getting a tip about a new show. And I was very surprised about the topic and also the approach of what they're looking to do here. Absolutely. And I mean, there's probably infinitesimal uh, stories out there, like really cool stories from like your neighborhood or you know the newspaper and like uh, a story like this like a murder case or or a death gets kind of gets it's become and maybe it's like uh it's in the paper for two days and then it's lost in the annals of history um and having a podcast you know a uh, a short series uh kind of can bring these stories to life and you don't you know it doesn't need to be make, made a movie out of or a hbo series uh you can consume uh, a great piece from a reporter uh in a documentary style and learn about probably just tons and tons of cool and fascinating stories um that that are out there uh and that's what makes you know these kind of podcasts great because uh, we probably never would have heard about this story otherwise and it's fascinating no, you're spot on, man, and and that's that's such a great point. Sometimes, the most fascinating and just mind-bending events in history uh, are the actual real-world things in tiny neighborhoods and communities, and they're far more compelling than what anybody could come up with in in a Hollywood studio and writing a script. And I, I think this is one of them. This is just absolutely tragic. They talk about how the the family of this young man, Richie, went to the home of this mentor because they had knew he was over there to do some chores and how they eventually discovered he was actually in the home. So just just all of that, it just takes you right to this scene and to that time and you really feel it. So, um, Tim, so let's put a bow on this and wrap this one up. What are your parting thoughts right here? And let me just say again, so this is the Miami Chronicles Booby Trap. That's the name of the show. It's from the Apostrophe podcast network hosted produced by james archer the miami chronicles booby trap what are your parting uh thoughts here man so yeah there's definitely a a fascinating um you know tale here uh interesting and um a worthy story to be told um and you know maybe my opening remarks were a, a little little critical i just 
what what I wanted, I, I wish the narrator would have set it up a little bit before they went into uh, Mike's uh, account and kind of just set it up for me so I could better follow the names and the events. Uh, I, I did get a little bit lost um, uh, there, but um, you know, other than that, um, I'm I'm excited to listen to the subsequent episodes and and figure out you know what what's happening here. Yeah, and I don't think that's you being critical at all, man. You're just sharing what your experience was and consuming it and listening it. So, yeah, no worries there at all. So, yeah, I, again, um, for people expecting uh, a quote-unquote true crime, I think have a little bit more of an open mind here because, again, this is really talking about uh, kids, culture, parenting in the late 70s how it's not that far back into history when you look at a calendar but it couldn't be further from how we parent and interact with our kids now um and just a different way of life that was 1979 versus right now so it's all of those things told through the platform of this tragic event and beyond that though talk about a compelling character with this older mentor guy chuck like what was this dude up to and i think equally compelling is what was this young kid richie really up to as well and it was he just truly an innocent kid getting into some harmless mischief not so sure as they began to detail a little bit the methodical way in which he was breaking into this guy's home and the things he was willing to steal and take from someone he looked up to all of that is fascinating uh, to, to look into. So I would definitely give this a, uh, a nod and, and, and a suggestion for folks to check out there. And I'll call it out one more time. It's the Miami Chronicles, Booby Trap from the Apostrophe Network. And uh, Tim, just any final thoughts at all here as we wrap, man? Yeah, I, I think you, you hit on something about Richie because uh, from some of the other true crime podcasts I listen to, uh, there I listen to like an FBI profiler, I think there's certainly something to victimology, right? It's studying the victim that you put yourself, you know, typically victims aren't, you know, 100% just innocent, just caught, you know, in in a crime. It's, you know, it's the lifestyle, it's the situations you put yourself in. Um, there are risk factors. And I think to your point, you know, maybe Richie put put himself in in a situation where, you know, uh, unfortunately that 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 got him, you know, mixed up with with someone that that he shouldn't have been with. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, he was committing a criminal act, uh, right? And, but not that anyone ever deserves the outcome he got. No one here is saying that. But to your point, a decision he made to commit a criminal act opened himself up to that just ungodly awful situation. Right, and uh, I, I remember uh, I took a couple of law classes, and if you set up a booby trap in your house, even though the person's breaking in, you still are criminally liable uh, and and civilly liable. You're not supposed to set up a shotgun booby trap in your house, even though I, you... I, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean to step over. I was going to say, I can't imagine the law would look positively upon booby traps and want that to be something where they're supportive of. Yeah, I, I wonder if that was. I remember reading about the case. It, it was uh, someone did set. I think it was in the attic or something. Someone set up a shotgun. They knew people were breaking in the house, and the guy that got shot sued and won. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. So, oh my gosh, that's crazy, man. So, guys, uh, that was a fun one, Tim, because that was an interesting show um, and, and approach and the topic they cover. So, dude, uh, we're on to the next one. I'm already looking forward to it. I'll talk to you soon, bro. Later.
We are a dude and a bro podcast show. We are entrenched in podcasts. We want to do for the world of podcasting what Siskel and Ebert did for movies back in the day. So we love doing reviews of our favorite podcasts. We love suggesting new shows to all the fine folks out there in the world. And then Tim and I love debating topics from the latest and greatest episodes of our favorite podcast shows. Hey guys, you would do us a huge favor if you could head over to podchaser.com. Podchaser is your one-stop shop for all things related to podcasts and your favorite podcast shows. Search a dude and a bro podcast show and then leave us a review. If you could take a moment to drop a few lines about what it is you enjoy about a dude and a bro podcast show over on the Podchaser site, we'd be eternally grateful for your support. Thanks so much, guys.